So before we proceed to the next chapter, we need to just touch upon something very important about the previous chapter. In fact, the most important question of life. It is existence and consciousness. So there is the little story of uh, the famous poet T.S. Eliot. So he had gone to the countryside and he was enjoying the wonderful atmosphere. And then it began to pour and he knocks at a farmer's cottage uh, because he wanted to take shelter for some time. So when he knocked the door and uh, he opened and quite naturally asked, Who are you? Where are you coming from? Where are you going? And he answered and he said, Okay, come in and uh, you can rest for some time. But whole night he kept thinking about these questions. Who am I? Where am I coming from? Where am I going? And we may add that depending on the answer that we give to these fundamental questions will be the value and the quality of a life. So why is it that we experience life in one way, experience life in different way? This is one of the big mysteries that we all grapple with. So, in today, philosophers and scientists both are discussing this as a hard problem. And this, they use very picturesque term, hard problem of consciousness. So, what really is the hard problem? It's very simple. All that it implies is that if you put uh, rice and dal and vegetables and little bit of ghee and salt and all these ingredients in a cooking pot and put it on the fire, I must have missed out some ingredients. Of course, the most important is the person who puts his love or her love into it. And at the end of it, you take out its khichdi. So it is understandable. Why? Because these were the ingredients, they went through a process and what came out is khichdi. Very simple. No big deal about it. But supposing if I put some of these ingredients, the same ingredient, what comes out is Ras Malai or Ras Gulla. Then it will be a very difficult thing to explain. It will look like magic. And imagine if I put nothing into it. Or just I put something random here and there. Whatever I feel like I put. And what comes out is a celestial khichdi. Then again it will be a big problem. So the hard problem of consciousness basically in simple terms implies the explanatory gap. So explanatory gap means we are trying to explain something on the basis of something else which doesn't quite explain it. For example, let's take one example that scientists 100 years back said one day we will explain life. After 100 years they declared we have explained life. How they explained life? Genes, heredity, DNA, etc., etc., has it been explained? No, it has just simply described the process of life. Life may take other forms, other, other ways to express itself. And does it really explain life? Am I just a bundle of DNA and chromosomes and just try to say, you Mr. Chromosome Y and Mr. Chromosome X and Mr. Chromosome God knows all A, B, C, D, everything we can say. There is something about life which cannot be explained by all these things. These are processes. 
But these processes do not explain our conscious experience of life. Similarly, when it comes to consciousness, it is explained in a similar way or it used to be so. The explanation was that it is because of brain activity, neuronal activity. This was the way at least my enthusiasm for psychiatry came down like this. The only reason I wanted to go is that, oh, I learn about human mind. And when I said that, you know, I am interested in yoga, they said, don't talk about yoga, spirituality all that year. I said, Hari, I so why? Because it is brain activity, neuronal activity. Now imagine. And there are people who still believe it, though it's outdated, because 25 years back, there was a famous uh, bet that two brain scientists had taken. Uh, very well-known debate. Many people may, may be aware. Christopher and Chalmers. And they decided after 25 years, one of them said that after 25 years, we'll be able to explain consciousness purely by, on the basis of matter. They took a bet and Chalmers said, no, it's not possible. So 25 years, just recently, they finished and obviously, <laughs> they couldn't explain anything. So what is the explanation? Brain produces certain currents, electrical activity, and therefore consciousness is generated. Now look at the explanatory gap. The neurons themselves are not conscious. If you just cut the brain by giving anesthesia, the neurons don't experience anything. Actually, it's very interesting. It, it doesn't because the brain itself doesn't have pain sensation to cut. It responds to um, certain other things, whatever is necessary for it to defend itself. But as such, it doesn't. It is not conscious. But based on that activity, we are conscious. That is obviously a big explanatory gap. To take another example, somebody who observes... Uh, someone typing on a computer board and letters are coming. So if he draws a conclusion, you know, the reason why such intelligent uh, poem or things are being written on flashing on the computer board can all be explained by the magic keyboard where the things go tuck, 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 tuck and there is all this being produced. But can we explain it only on that basis? We have to take into account there is someone behind who knows the language. He is using these keys purposefully, not randomly. And therefore a meaningful sentence is being produced. It's so amazing. If you really look at life that way, it fills with wonder. At this point of time, we are listening, I am speaking, hearing, understanding. All this is going on together. So many billions of neurons are being fired in each one's brain. And it is producing different kinds of understanding, different kinds of questions. It's not like it's the same understanding, though the brain is essentially the same. How does this take place? What is it that intervenes as it were or flows in the current of the brain? What is it that flows somewhere and we have the experience of something. And it applies at every level. We cannot explain even perception. Why? Because when I look at something, what am I receiving? Nothing but uh, photons from the object which are entering my eyes. And then they strike a portion of the brain. <laughs> and I have the image of a tree. How does it happen? 
So these are, this is the big question, heart problem of consciousness. And science has been unable to uh, address it because of two basic problems. One is it has assumed that consciousness is produced by the brain. It's an assumption. You cannot explain by that. The second assumption is consciousness is equal to minds, our mental consciousness, the way the mind experiences, the human beings experience. That's how, that's the definition of consciousness. So many fallacies. Even among human beings, people experience life so differently. Look at a simple thing like the Kisan Andolan going on. Now, there are same thing. I am experiencing it another way. The fellow out there is experiencing another way. The layman is experiencing another way. The political parties, the opposition, all of them are experiencing it in a very different ways. And all believe they are right. That is the big problem, even in human relationship. Because when there are, see, it has implications, not a philosophical problem. <laughs> it's the problem of everyday life. A person who thinks, feels in a certain way, innocently believes others must be thinking, feeling in the same way. And when he discovers it is not quite the same, he tries to convince them. And if he cannot convince them, he takes one of the two positions. One is a more logical, sane position. We agree to disagree. The other is he increases the force. Finally, he issues a fatwa. Gone. If you don't behave my way, if you don't understand life my way, you have no right to exist. Existence cannot be other than. So, it's a problem that we encounter everyday life. If I don't understand consciousness, if I don't know how to shift it, if at all, if I don't know how to change it, if I don't know how to expand it, I can do nothing. I am just like a bird in a cage. This another example. A bird in the cage doesn't know it can fly. It has wings. But it doesn't know. It can fly. And it is so much bound to that, that, you know, especially parrots, sweet little birds, and they are happy with the, you know, mirchi, that chili you give them, or chana, gram that you give them, they are very happy. And they will say whatever you tell them. They, they are perfect example of how mere chanting of mantra is not enough. <laughs> they will chant whatever mantra you tell them. But, look at it. You open the, uh, the door. I have actually seen it in my house. There were two parrots. They just remain there. They just remain there. They are meant to fly, enjoy the tree, do so much more. Why? Because something in them binds them. So that's why in any... Sri used the word science of consciousness. In any... You know, yoga or life or whatever we want to understand. The only way we can understand it is in terms of consciousness. A person is like this, why? Because he has this consciousness. Even in a daytime, we experience different levels of consciousness. When we wake up, we are half drowsy. I mean, most of us. And if at that time you suddenly tell a person, please solve this complex mathematical problem, even if he is a genius, he may just say, look, I mean, he'll be stunned for some time. Average person. Of course, a person who enjoys mathematics will say, come, this is what I love to do. Similarly, when a person is in sleep, it's a different consciousness. 
when we are dreaming it's a totally different consciousness with different landscape all together and when he wakes up he freshens up it's a different person when he goes to the office it's a different person all through the day he is as if a multiple person who is adjusting but he you ask him are you many people he say no 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 please see my aadhar card i am the same person aadhar card is defining just your outer name and this it does it not and yet this is a truth and the more complex we become through evolution the more personalities we put forth sri aurobindo says that this is one of the challenges of yoga because the more we are evolved the more number of personalities emerge out of us and it's so difficult to integrate them so the one of the fundamental things to be understood is consciousness and we have seen the materialist doesn't really have an answer to it he is trying it's okay that one day i will explain like 100 years back he said i can explain life but even if you describe the precise material processes and the point of brain still you won't be able to explain because you have described the processes not the experience how these processes translate into that particular experience experience of feeling something thinking something experience of desiring wishing willing so many experiences how do we experience so that is what consciousness this is one way to understand another way is consciousness from the basic stuff of consciousness we have the purpose so how do we understand purpose and this purpose is not just very high abstract purpose even in animals there is a purpose they may not give a lecture on the purpose of life but if you were to ask a uh, you know uh, lion he will say i have a purpose of life what is your purpose he will say roti kapda aur makan animals understand only that much purpose and probably unlike human beings it will be grateful to the divine that you know he has given me a purpose but human beings will rebel and revolt there is a difference but still he will say that's my purpose of living that's a great purpose and if you add some religion to it still the purpose will be the same but he will put in that tadka of religion there is the story of a priest who was suddenly pinned down by a bear and he was about to eat him and the priest said wait 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 i am going to put the cross and said i am going to baptize you now you become a christian so christian is not supposed to harm somebody no ideally so the bear remained silent he started praying and after that prayer he said lord thank you for the meal for the bread that you have given me <laughs> purpose is still to eat <laughs> it doesn't matter he has only added because consciousness has not changed so it is the fundamental thing that's how shivinder defines yoga same mistake we do with yoga we see activities oh that person meditates for so long oh he is sitting at the samadhi for 2 hours oh he is doing this he is chanting he is reading all the books he is giving lectures he is writing he is uh, god knows but none of these things define or describe yoga yoga is a change of consciousness if the consciousness changes by whatever means doesn't matter 
it is yoga if it doesn't change whatever we may be doing we may look like a yogi which is of course the easiest of things but we are not in a yoganist avastha so this is where the study of consciousness and the science of consciousness is so important so what what does sherbindo bring to us and of course it is there in our spiritual teachings first is that there are different layers of consciousness one behind the another for instance there is the waking dream and the sleep state they are not one after another they are together for instance while this talk is going on some may be alert awake some may be in their dream world or simultaneously in the dream world some may be live divine dozing all of them going on together so all in all my classes i used to tell my students i'm air force days you can sleep but please don't snore <laughs> have a conscious sleep non snoring sleep so this is the three state but these three states are not just about us universe itself has layers behind layers veils behind veils there is this outer material universe which is the waking state we can connect with it in our waking state but there is behind this material tangible universe multiverses which is where the dream worlds come in what are the dream worlds why they are called like that creation is descending through them before entering into the outer material world when it is in the material world we we see it but where it goes where does it come from we don't know people just say matter resolves into energy at one point of time the stars we see today it is so fascinating sometimes just to think about these things the star that i am seeing today is probably dead you know definitely dead in all likelihood the light is reaching my eyes god knows how many million years later and there are stars in the sky which i cannot see which are very bright much brighter than the stars the light has not yet reached my eye so fascinating this life can be when we look at it like that so when we try to understand this is the waking world but where did the stars vanish where do they come from every moment billions of stars are entering into uh, the arena of space billions are going back and each star just imagine some of them more powerful than our suns it can be a meditation shobinda actually describes it as a meditation look towards the sky and see in that boundlessness star sun and where are they from who has brought them into existence and then he of course does it very beautifully that not only these stars drifting in the sky he is near us look in the flower in the pattern and bloom of the flower is he is he is woven in the luminous net of the stars he is caught then he comes nearer he says look yonder that old man do you see god walking in him look here this child with the laughter of boy in the strength of a man in the beauty of woman in the laughter of boy in the splash of a girl do we see the divine in all this and then he says he is still nearer he is in you and then he says he is you a powerful shit how liberating this whole study can be he is you and never feel alone so there is this inner world 
we come in contact with this inner world sometimes during daytime sometimes in our sleep sometimes in a yoga nidra and we actually withdraw from the surface consciousness and this inner world is magic in a state of hypnosis by the power of this inner world we can completely alter the way we respond to things not only by hypnosis i have seen in some of my clients patients how they can stay without hunger thirst for days and in a catatonic state they will hold the hand up for hours they will stay in that state something to learn how they are doing it because they are withdrawn into another world altogether that world is very real to them unfortunately a dark world there are dark worlds and luminous worlds so there are worlds behind this material tangible world and all these have been brought into existence by consciousness so there is the waking consciousness the chatushpad brahman of the mandukya and there is the dream or swapnas jagat some people have swapna samadhi that's how swapna samadhi is when we have entered into these worlds and gone right to its core it is still savikalp in the sense there is a possibility of manifesting things that are within and actually even in any any creative person before creating something or nobody really creates there is only one creator but when withdraws into some kind of an inner reverie and then something bursts out and when it bursts out then we will see imagine a poet musing on a great poem people seeing him may think what is he doing because he is doing nothing actually and if they asked him what are you doing he would say i am composing a poem how would they believe it till the poem comes into existence that's how when people came and asked shorbindo what are you doing because he had left the political field and come to pondicherry he paused for a while and then he said well nothing because who would understand what he is doing well nothing and then they wanted him to come back and join the congress and for shorbindo it was very clear he had himself broken it so it was very clear it's destiny was written and he said if i enter into politics it will be so different that nobody will understand me therefore he didn't go into it go back into it not that he put anything as a taboo but he said today's politics is so dark that if i were to enter nobody will even understand let alone follow so there is this dream world worlds rather but where do this dream state of consciousness resolve in itself into it resolves into a still deeper world pragya prasthato purano pragya that state in which it is fully in a state of superconscient light nothing in, in the dream world it has begun to manifest like thoughts entering us feelings entering us will impelling us desires entering us we become conscious when they enter us but where were they before coming in the cosmic consciousness but before the cosmos so they are all in densely packed in a mass of superconscious light all wisdom is a very beautiful subject but not going into that so in that state pragya that's how you know shiva holds all the seeds within him and cast it forth into creation so from there but what is beyond it so the indian mystics who went way beyond they said no 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 brain activity will come to let's first explore 
If we withdraw from the surface, what do we discover? So they went into the subjective being and then they discovered the pragya. They said, what is beyond it? Turya, that which transcends all these three. The supreme being and he contains all these in himself or herself or itself. And then they said, no, no, no. Where did that come from? He come from. So they even went on to speak of a non-being Beyond the being Then of course it stopped That's how the Nasadiya Sutra in Rig Veda Which has been grossly misunderstood It has nothing to do with atheism Nothing to do even with agnosticism And we see this all over philosophical Oh in India Nasadiya Sutra it is, it is simply you cannot define it Nasad, you can't define it as sad, you cannot even define it as asad. There is no way you can define, by define you limit it, but this is how they explode. And they also explode that there is a ranges of consciousness climbing like a ladder from below upward. Below is easy for us to understand. When we are in mental consciousness, then we are ready to do problem solving. When we are in vital consciousness, we are the problem that somebody else has to solve. See, the same person, when he flips into the animal consciousness, and you say, why are you behaving like a jackal? Why are you behaving? They will all feel bad. We should never say you are behaving like a dog. And you know, I, I take strong objection. They are such lovely creatures. So, but we say, no, he is behaving like he is a snake. We use these words. Why? Because the consciousness can come down from the human mental consciousness into an animal subhuman type. It can go still further from the animal. We can become like jar. Difficult to move like matter. Block of stone. We use this word. Have you become like a block of stone? When there is intense crisis, sometimes we become jad because that's the only way we can absorb or face it. This is also saying, jadamati hot sujan. Jadamati. Intelligence which is unable to understand anything. And yet it has the potential to know everything. So we ourselves can experience the stone-like layer or the material consciousness. We can enter into physical consciousness when everything becomes dull, obscure. We can play with it. It's like a gymnasium. One is in physical consciousness. One doesn't feel like moving, doing anything. Of course, here we say that, you know, your physical consciousness is being transformed. So it has come to the surface. There is a truth in that, but that apart. <laughs> because sudden attacks, not at night when we enter into the inert field. Similarly, there is a vital, animal-like consciousness. And then there is a mental consciousness. Then, is there something beyond? We also experience it. Sometimes in normal life, the phenomena of genius. What is the phenomena of genius? Something beyond the mind. Nature has overshot itself, beyond what it has created in the human mold. And this genius creates another kind of disorder in the human consciousness. Because it's, well... Genius doesn't act according to the human understanding, human standards. Nothing applies to it. And that's why they're called as crackpots. Because this pot is actually cracked. You can't have something from above if the pot is strong. This pot is cracked. Thanks to the crack, 
that some light can come in and it first upsets the humanity of the genius himself and then it can have its own impact on the life of others at one place mother says i am seeing what a confusion can come because of the supramental consciousness she says imagine these beings with immense power development they won't have human standards try you apply they won't apply now imagine when they move around in the world what will will they be understood the world may even feel angry it may even try to kill them destroy them all this she has foreseen that they have to be protected because the world won't understand these beings they'll be so different so while all this is fine superman and supramental because that consciousness is so different from human just as an animal tries to understand the human look at how cats and dogs look at us as if we are gods thank god they don't <laughs> know that we are worse than them in many ways <laughs> but they look at us why because of power capacity so they look at us like gods now when something transcend they don't understand us they almost have a adoration that's how the mother describes they have an adoration for human beings admiration even a lion they are afraid of human beings that rudyard kipling's on that the movie was made jungle book where it's so beautifully described the animals say that we we want there is something about this human being that is very powerful we want that they use the word that agni fool because they see the fire is not just the outer fire there is something in the human eyes which even animals that's why even a snake if you look into the eyes he sees something is there inside which uh, he knows it's a different creature even a lion of course it doesn't mean start playing go near yes we learned that you know i can look into your eyes <laughs> there are people who do that by the way so this is beyond human there are ranges of consciousness which mystics experience but what is the condition to detach ourselves from the surface consciousness then we can play around with it surface consciousness binds us to a fixed form and a fixed formula fixed form i am mr so and so fixed formula whatever my outer mind is condition naturally there can be no yoga with that unless we detach then consciousness becomes free it can expand rise all this and then there is a third way that shurabindu explains everything can be understood in this world based on consciousness every human being can be understood he is or she is what he or she is because of consciousness how to do things better not by scolding not by reason try it see people try it and they fail but by change of consciousness that's what yoga is meant to bring so there is the surface consciousness behind it is the inner consciousness behind it the inmost consciousness there is the environing consciousness which is because of the people around and the atmosphere around we can feel it you go to certain places they feel haunted go to certain places the environing consciousness is such shubhendu himself says that in the ashram you have two atmospheres the human and the divine if you get too much into the human 
you may lose track so beautifully rishab chandji said mother when if people look at us they won't want to stay here if they look at you they will never want to go from here so all this is a play of consciousness and even consciousness makes us aware of who i am so without consciousness even though existence is there it is inert now we understand why shiva is lying like a shav it is kali who makes him come alive shava becomes shiva otherwise he is inert below her feet without consciousness even the pure existent cannot know itself so that's the divine mother without her grace that's how shibindu says she brings out sachidanand without consciousness we can understand nothing because consciousness is knowledge plus power implicit within knowing see let's take this example when somebody is outwardly unconscious how do we say he is unconscious we say we have given anesthesia but what is the criteria because there are no reaction if i do pain sensation he does not react is there a way to know whether inwardly he is aware or not no he may be having a nice dream for all you know we all know i mean this is experience we all undergo i i have undergone i was having such a nice dream in fact of mother so that's a different experience but outwardly now he is unconscious what does it mean the consciousness is not operating in the outer field like in a state of deep sleep are we unconscious no we are still conscious within that's how we dream so this is the magic word which is actually going to be the word of the future we cannot understand science we cannot understand psychology we cannot understand human nature we cannot understand the universe we cannot understand god we cannot understand ourselves without consciousness consciousness is the light that makes us aware of anything as is the consciousness so is the awareness as is the awareness so is the response if and just one small example and then we'll read a little thing it's like the light of intelligence if somebody from behind suddenly uh hits me or pushes me the natural reaction is oh oh my god when we turn back and see it's my friend oh when did you come see that little change changes our reaction so imagine living in a world where we see all as divine beings how will we respond even when we respond according to the true law of things which will come later which will come on the chapter on supermind take it up but there will not be any enmity because there is no other enmity hatred will be impossible therefore if we want to create human unity it cannot 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 thousand times cannot be done without change of consciousness we may have oneness programs we may have nice reading we may have nice talks it will do nothing if consciousness doesn't change that's why shobindu says it can only be done when we have discovered the divine self within all other means may be okay it's good to you know children talk about good things big things we want unity and then people fight as mother said three people who started shall i shall i not okay the world union and then the mother says 
दे थ्री आर फाइटिंग विद ईच अदर यू वॉन्ट क्रिएट वर्ल्ड यूनियन थ्री ऑफ यू आर फाइटिंग विद ईच अदर वर्ल्ड यूनिटी आफ्टर ए लेक्चर ऑफ वर्ल्ड यूनिटी द प्रोफेसर केम होम एंड देन फॉट विद इज वाइफ बिकॉज द डिनर वॉज नॉट अकॉर्डिंग टू इज टेस्ट दिस इज द स्टेट ऑफ ह्यूमैनिटी सो the focus should be on change of consciousness and that's where we'll just read couple of passages page 95 on conscious force shobindo describes all the many worlds and consciousness is involved in everything but yet you cannot see it consciousness will make you aware of itself there is no other way <laughs> you consciousness has built the brain and the faculties for experiencing this world otherwise we cannot and different and this idea of brain imagine there are plants they don't have a brain but they are conscious at their own level that's what we were yesterday talking about everything metals are conscious everything but in their own way in their own limited way every animal is conscious in its own way for its own purposes not more not less so in us we are conscious in a human way for us there is brain plants don't have a brain so consciousness is not dependent on brain activity but brain is a instrument through which it can express itself it's like one may have music inside but unless you have a good voice we are all bathroom singers because this is missing the instrument is missing so brain is an instrument consciousness is evolved to express itself in a certain bandwidth now as this instrument will it will evolve newer instruments even the brain it will undergo the transformation and simplest way to help its transformation is to read shurabindo every day the mother uses this word she says every day you must read a little then she says that don't try to understand Uh, so because how will we how can we understand it has come from what levels but she says after some time you will see that the understanding will come why because consciousness from the words has entered into consciousness of the one who is the reader and one day it will bear fruits and flowers and then she says something very interesting it will create new brain cells for the understanding if need be who doesn't want new brain cells especially if with these new brain cells the higher understanding can come so brain has to undergo that transformation every organ has to undergo heart cannot untransformed heart begins to race and shobindo says that there is a possibility when the heart beat stops lung stop you continue to live because these are instruments on which presently we depend but it's not necessary that we will depend on them forever all his experiences so he says there is no reason to suppose that the gamut of life and consciousness fails and stops short in that which seems to us purely material the development of recent research and thought seems to point to a sort of obscure beginning of life and perhaps a sort of inert or suppressed consciousness in the metal and in the earth and in other inanimate forms so since we don't want to prolong this how life is immersed it's so amazing from a kind of primal soup suddenly out of it none of the genes explain life all that they tell us is the process 
That's it. Necessarily in such a view, the word consciousness changes its meaning. It is no longer synonymous with mentality, but indicates a self-aware force of existence of which mentality is a middle term below mentality it sinks into vital and material movement which are for us subconscious above it rises into the supramental which is for us the superconscious but in all it is one and the same thing organizing itself differently it builds forms because it's not just awareness or knowledge it is also power that's what we have seen knowledge and will go together the moment i get an input automatically there is a choice to act not to act to act this way that way they are all implied within it of course you can withdraw completely from prakriti and enter into that but still it is implied why because you have taken a conscious choice of withdrawing that's why shurabind says none can escape even when the purusha withdraws she sleeps upon his breast any time she can wake up still it is a choice that i will be a witness i will not react i will not respond i will withdraw into the inmost substance of self you can't help it there is the story of shringirishi goes around when shiva comes gets married he says this not the shiva that i knew many people had this problem mother has come Who is why? Why should Parvati? Why this is not correct? This something is wrong. We have our own little moral judgments. <laughs> so Shiva and Parvati they give a nice little uh, satsang to all those who are around, and then they take a parikrama, go around them. Shringirishi doesn't want why? Because Shiva and Parvati are together. If he takes a parikrama, he have to go around both, and he does not acknowledge Parvati. So Shiva says, "What happened to you?" He says, "No, you are complete in yourself. There is no need of Parvati." So Shiva tries to tell him, but he doesn't want to understand. So he takes the form of a little kit, one little insect, and he goes around Shiva's jata, ignoring Parvati. So Parvati, mother says, "I see you don't feel any need of me." therefore i am withdrawing myself from you he collapses into nothingness he can't do even yoga he is helpless in that state purusha and prakriti we may how much ever we may say prakriti is this or that can we do yoga without the help from prakriti can we forcibly fight her even when we make a choice she has to say okay that's how they say even when ultimately the divine maya mahamaya allows you to pass beyond she allows if she doesn't allow you can't pass beyond so this he explains to us but in the end he ta- he takes up one objection which nobody has taken we can see that everything in this universe there is an intelligent operation there is no doubt about it there is not just randomness there is a harmony there is an order till man comes and till man becomes harvard graduate till then order harmony is there village life was relatively simpler not that we can go back to it but then the more his mental ego develops the more disorder comes it's a passage all that will come later 
But then, there is so much of waste. How can self-aware, supreme intelligence create this wasteful process? So this is a beautiful passage which will make us feel very comfortable <laughs> because people say, we have wasted our life, we have wasted our life. So page 96, But what right have we to assume consciousness as the just description of this force? For consciousness implies some kind of intelligence, purposefulness, self-knowledge, even though they may not take the forms habitual to our mentality. Even from this point of view, everything supports rather than contradicts the idea of universal conscious force. The only argument against a conscious and intelligent source for this purposeful work, this work of intelligence, of selection, adaptation and seeking is that large element in nature's operations to which we give the name of waste. This is the objection which people raise. Biologists raise this objection. I had a big discussion with someone long back. No, no. You see, if it is so intelligent and purposeful, why so many mutations, errors and then something emerges? Of course, I explained the way Shurabindu has explained. All these approximations are part of the process. Each failure is a learning and each learning is paves the way towards the future success. Each approximation is nearing the goal because that's how we grow. And as we grow in consciousness, now we are ready to hit the target. Uh, there are several ways of explaining, but this is one of them. So, now Shurabindu says, but obviously that is an objection based on the limitations of our human intellect, which seeks to impose its own particular rationality good enough for limited human ends for the general operations of the world force. We see only part of nature's purpose and all that does not subserve that part we call waste. We tell our children, you are wasting your life. If we have grandparent alive, they will say, shall I tell him what you were doing when you were eating? Through all this waste, you have reached where you have reached. He is doing his share of waste. But still waste is there. In food, everything, there is a waste. So, Shirvinda says, human action is full of an apparent waste. So appearing from the individual point of view, which yet, we may be sure, serves, subserves well enough the large and universal purpose of things. Doesn't it serve waste through the food? Yet gets recycled. And if we, for a moment, uh, don't have jugupsa, jugupsa shrinking, what happens to this human waste? It gets into the mud, <laughs> makes the soil fertile, seed draws its energy from it, grows into a plant, and we eat something of that plant. Is it true or not true? So Indians knew this idea and therefore we used to go in nature, nature's call. Because this was understood that there is no real waste. Everything that seems wasted yet serves a purpose. Even our errors and imperfections. The beautiful line in Savitri, one who has made this world is ever its lord. 
Our errors are his steps upon the way. He works through the fierce vicissitudes of our soils. He works through the hard breath of battle and toil. He works through our sins, our sorrows and our tears. Whatever the appearance we must bear, whatever our strong ills and present fate, when nothing we can see but drift and bail, a mighty guidance leads us still through all. It looks waste because we cannot understand the great cosmic purpose and we cannot see how it is really helping. Look how people must have told Dashrath, what a king, what a kekai, what a mother. Wish Rama had become king, then only we would have had instantaneous Ram Rajya. Wasteful 14 years, but when the Ramayana is complete, actually those 14 years are the real life of Rama, without which it will look so dull and insignificant. So, this idea of waste is a very limited human idea. Again, it's, it has serves its limited purpose. Like, we can't imagine that earth is moving at a fast speed and walk. We cannot. We'll trip. So, we walk as if earth is stable. That's alright. As if it is flat. It's alright. But if we fly a plane thinking it is, you know, flat, then there will be a problem. We have to reset. The navigation system has to constantly pick the data, the signals and reset itself. So, what we call as waste that part of our intention which we can detect, nature gets done surely enough in spite of, perhaps really by virtue of her apparent waste. We may well trust to her in the rest which we do not yet detect. For the force that builds the worlds is a conscious force. The existence which manifests itself in them is conscious being and a perfect emergence of its potentialities in form is the sole object which we can rationally conceive for its manifestation of this world of forms. So, conscious being. And with that we can stop. People say God is there or not very simply. If an existence which is aware of itself, by definition it's a being. How do I know I exist? I know it. I am aware of myself. Therefore, I am a being. My body will change. My Aadhaar card may change. Everything may change. But I will continue. That's the great difference between the René Descartes idea. I think, therefore, I am. What does the Indian mystic has to say to it? I am whether I think or I don't think. So we'll stop here and we'll start the delight of existence, the problem, after 10 minutes. <laughs>